0: Welcome to the LifePoint Louisville Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Well, excited to be here today. Excited to uh, jump into today's message. And let me just give you a quick announcement. Today, we're just kind of wrapping up just some one-offs we've been doing Next week we're gonna start a brand new series. And uh, so next Sunday we're starting a new series called A Great Cloud of Witnesses. And the Bible chapter uh, 11, uh, the book of Hebrews talks about this like hall of faith, the men and women that have gone before us that now are being described as men and women that are up in heaven just kind of championing us on, that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And so what we wanna do over the next uh, few weeks leading up to Easter is we just each week wanna break down uh, a character in the Bible and just kind of answer this question like, hey, if they were to come have a conversation with us, they were to spend a day with us, maybe on your front porch or around your kitchen table, what might they say to you? What might they, they, they look deep in your eyes and say, hey, if there's one thing that I've learned, this is it. And so we're gonna just pull some themes out of men and women in the Bible. And, uh, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. Well, let me jump into the message um, real quickly with a verse of scripture. Matthew chapter five, verse number 14 says this, you are the light of the world. Everybody say, that's me. Amen. You are the light of the world of the world. There's a lot of darkness right now, a lot of chaos in the world, and you are the light of the world. A city on a hill, glowing in the dark, glowing in the night, glowing in the chaos for all to see. So it goes on to say this, so don't hide your light. Don't hide your light, but let it shine. If you grew up in a Baptist church, you've sung this. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. Anybody hiding it under a bushel? I hope not. Let's let it shine. Let your good deeds, it's so that really, so that your good deeds will, will glow for all to see so that they would praise your heavenly father. Why does God want your light to shine? So that other people would see him. It's not about you. It's not about a light shining so it builds you up. It's not about a light shining to make you known or make you famous or to make you something or for people to praise you, but to look at the deeds you do and praise our father in heaven. And so I want to pray that God would just let this soak in today. Father, in Jesus' name, would you let our light shine as a church? May this word today, may it, uh, may it just do what it needs to do. May it be sharp and living and active and pierce right through the very core of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Chris, so much. Hey, we don't want to let our light be hidden, but today's big idea is we really want to let our light shine. You know, a core value at LifePoint is this, that the church doesn't just exist for us. And I know that this statement maybe can offend some of you uh, because you're like, well, yes, it does. It exists for me to serve my needs and my family. And and yes, it does, but it doesn't just exist for you. It doesn't just exist for those that are in this room. Um, if this is maybe new to you, let me just say this, the church, this church, it doesn't exist just for you in this room. We don't do everything that we do just for you. While we do do it for you, we want your family to grow in the Lord. We want your family to you know, grow in the things of God, but the church doesn't just exist for us. But guess what? We are the church and we exist for the world. And so yes, Sunday mornings, we wanna grow you and we want God to do great things in your life, but we don't want it to become so us-centered that we forget that we are a light. And that we're supposed to let the whole world see that light so that they, what? Would glorify our Father in heaven. See, the church is meant to grow. The church isn't meant just to stay stagnant and say the same and just become this like inner huddle of a few people, you know, just singing together and worshiping together and praying together and just saying, bless me and feed me. In fact, the moment a church ceases to grow is the moment I think people just say, you know what? Heaven and hell is really not a big deal. But it really is, heaven and hell's a big deal. And there are people that we know, and I don't mean to just kind of like jump straight to the point, but let me jump straight to the point. There are people in this world that you know, at your job, in your families, in your neighborhood, that apart from Jesus, apart from a relationship with him, they will spend an eternity separated from him in hell. It's just the Bible. It's why Jesus came. It's why we need the gospel. It's why he died on a cross for us so that we could come together and we could have life. And so the church doesn't just exist for us, but we are the church and we exist for the world. And so today I want to quote a scripture over you and just really prophetically claim it over you in a way that it wouldn't just kind of go in one ear and out the other, but you would hear this verse and it would attach deep down in your spirit. This is what I've been praying this week, that as you hear this verse, something would attach into you that you can't shake. That this verse would do what the word of God does. The Bible says it's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It can pierce straight to where it needs to pierce to. And today I'm praying that this word found in Isaiah 60 will pierce right down into the core of you. And it's this, arise and shine. Arise, shine. Light has come, or for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is upon you. Yeah. yeah. Man, I want you to get that today, that you would feel the glory of the Lord, kabod, the full weight rise upon you. Why? Because darkness covers the earth. Darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. Man, all you have to do this week is turn on the news, and you'll realize that darkness covers the earth. And what the world needs more than anything is not somebody with an agenda, not somebody with just a tweet or a post. It doesn't just need more social justice. It needs the world. It needs Christians, the people of God to arise and shine and realize that the glory of the Lord is upon you and your job is to go out and be a light, to be a light. It says the Lord, it goes on to say that the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. When you arise and shine today, you can walk out of fear knowing that that the glory of the Lord wants to rise upon me and appear over me. Why? So that nations will come to your light. Nations will come to your light and kings, the brightness of your dawn. Man, I want to I wanna be a part of serving a body that they get this and they stand up and they say, I'm ready to rise and shine. I'm ready to let my light shine before men. Why? So that nations can change, so that kingdoms can change, so that, that the people that are around us, they can be different because of the God that's in us. Yes. Yes. I know, I don't have any funny joke today at the beginning. I'm just kind of launching into it. But I think this is important. Yes. There's been a lot of people wondering this week, what do we do? How do we pray? How do we move? And you know what? We don't have all the answers to that in the midst of chaos and in the midst of darkness and as our hearts are heavy and our hearts are hurting and we're like, what do we do, God, as our brothers and sisters across the world are hurting? It's just not the people in Ukraine. It's the Russian people as well. They're hurting too. They're hurting. And and as you look at all of that and you're like, what do we do? And I think God would say the same thing he's been saying for thousands of years, that it is time to arise and shine and let the glory of my presence come upon you and go be a light. Okay, I'm sorry, I just... The solution to chaos, the solution to darkness is us allowing the glory of the Lord to shine through us. See, the world needs a solution. Nations need a solution. And a radical thought is this, that the people of God have the solution. That's right. But I think what's happened over, over the years is, is when it comes to maybe maybe the church, and, and I don't I'm not saying this is blanket, but when it comes to the church, we've been divided into kind of two categories. There's the clergy, which I don't even read that term in the Bible. It was actually a term that was used you know, way back when people that were literate and could read, they just like became clergy. It was like, you can read, here you go, read the Bible. And then over the years, it obviously, uh, you know, proceeded to the point where it's like now clergy, ordained ministers, people that stand up, preach the gospel, all this. But, but there's been this idea of here's the clergy, here's the, 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 the people that, that, you know, carry the light of Jesus. And then here's, they have a term for you too. Here's the layman. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Because maybe half the time I'm preaching, you just lay like, uh. yeah, I, I don't know what it is, right? But, but it's this separatist category that says, okay, there's clergy over here. And then there's laymen over here, and your job is to just kind of like be you and let the clergy do the work, because God hasn't called you to be a pastor, right? And so we've, we've created these categories of, may the pastor let his light shine, and may he do the work of the ministry. And then may, may the church be over here and just consume all that he's got. And so, so the revolutionary idea today, I hope, is this that there, there isn't meant to be this distinction yeah. of like, I'm the clergy and, and you're the layman. That's good. Yep. That's good. But I, I want you to get this today. And it's this, it's something I wanna teach you that you are a minister. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're a minister. I hope you take some notes, by the way. If you have something to write with, get it out. If you're not I'm gonna write this down, just write it down anyways. It makes me feel better when pens are moving. I get so... In, you know, insecure when you don't, just joking, uh, but seriously, maybe you've never been taught this, but you are a minister, you're a minister, you've been called to be a minister just as much as me, you're a minister, now I have a unique role and the Bible actually defines it. And Jennifer, we have unique roles in Ephesians chapter four, and it says this. Now, these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And so I love it. God calls me a gift to you. I wish everybody thought that. Sometimes they leave and I'm not, not a gift anymore. I'm just light enough. Uh, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and what, pastors, that's, that's what I am. I'm a pastor and teachers. And their responsibility So there are gifts that God gives to the church. And and as a pastor, my responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work. So my my job is equipper and build up the church in the body of Christ. And so God has called me to equip you to do his work and to build up the church and do God's work. And so as a pastor, next slide, please. As a pastor, my job as your pastor is not to minister. My job is actually to equip you to do the work of God on earth. My job is to equip you to be a minister. And you might be thinking, man, I I don't know if I can, I can, I can do ministry. I don't know if I can be you know, a, a minister, isn't that someone that goes to seminary and, you know, gets ordained and, you know, they read their Bible all the time or something, I, I don't know, I just, I don't think that's me, I'm not a minister, I get this, but I've already checked out of your sermon. Well, the word minister, if you, if you go back and just kind of trace it, it was really a nursing term that just meant to bring aid or help to the hurting. And so our job as ministers is, is to bring help to hurting people. And so God wants the church to arise and shine because there's darkness covering the earth. Darkness is covering the earth and you have a job. You are a minister. In fact, I love what first Peter says. It says not only that, but you are, you are chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possessions that you may declare the praises of him who has, what, called you out of darkness. That once God has called you out of darkness, then you are to let his light shine, his wonderful light. He's called you out of it into his wonderful light. Isn't that amazing? Once you were in darkness, but no more Hopefully, you're in here today and God has called you out of that. And you need to know that you are a minister, that you are special to God, that God has a plan for you and God has a purpose for you. And my job as your pastor is to get you to understand that. And not only to get you to understand that, but equip you to do that and step into that, that you would realize you are a minister. You're a minister and you've got a specific purpose. You're not just a minister. But you've got, a, you've got a purpose on your life. Yeah. You've got a specific thing in which God has called you to do or wired you to do. Each of you, whether you realize this or not, you are wired. Yeah. You're wired a certain way, and we're all kind of wired differently. Right. Yeah. We all have a unique fingerprint. We all have something that is about us that is unlike anybody else. And you'll never be really fully happy until you understand that. You'll never be fully alive until you understand. It's the number one question on planet Earth, the best-selling book other than the Bible of all time is called Purpose Driven Life, written by a pastor named Rick Warren. This is not just the number one Christian book, it's the number one or the the number two best-selling book of all time with everybody. Because everybody has this desire in them where they're just like, why on earth am I here? Statistics say 87% of people in America that go to churches would say they don't know what their purpose is. So eight out of 10 of you guys in this room, if you were to have a conversation, you might say, you know what? I, I don't really know what God has called me to do. I don't really know what my purpose is. And man, we've designed this whole church and our, our help is that week in and week out as you give God a shot and as you come in, that, that God would help you understand your purpose that God would help you understand what he's put on your life. But I think the problem is, and why so many of us fall short of of discovering our purpose is this, we look for a career before we ask for his calling. And so we grow up thinking money, 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 job, 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 get, 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 and we're focused after a career. But if we would stop and say, no God, what is your calling on my life? and then let the career follow, maybe more people would discover their purpose. And so it takes intentionality to stop. And by the way, that isn't just something that I made up. I looked at a business article this week and it said the number one thing that keeps everybody from understanding their purpose is they search for a career first. And so what happened during the pandemic? Everybody started all of a sudden looking at their calling. People quit their jobs started thinking, you know, no money is enough. Doesn't matter if I make less, I really want to do this because now all of a sudden we're at home and we're quiet and we have time on our hands and we're rethinking life and we're saying, you know what? I really do care about other things in life. I really don't wanna do this. And so it's really important. In fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians 2.10, it says, for you are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God has good works for you, Why? Because as you do those good works, and you let them shine, it glorifies your Father in heaven. And so he has good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. So here's a radical idea that God had a purpose, and then he created you. God had a work on earth that needed to be done, and he created you and mine. And so your design, actually, we say this all the time in growth track, reveals your destiny. When you understand how God created you, you understand what he's called you to do. And so here's the thing. You are not just one in a million. You're not one in a million, but you're actually one of a kind. This is who you are. One of a kind that God has called in a dark season with chaos all around us. In one of the darkest times in my lifetime, you are called to be a minister with a specific purpose, a -a one-of-a-kind purpose at, guess what? A very opportune time. Man, what a what a great opportunity. As I look at what's going on and as I look at you know the world around us, it can be easy to look at the news and interpret it in a way where we say, man, I hate what's going on. And and I, yes, I, I hate what's going on, but what I don't want to, to do is let the darkness around me deter me and think, well, this isn't an opportune time because the world is too dark and there's too many bad things. And when those things kind of come back together, then I'll be a minister and then I'll make a difference. No, when dark things are happening and when there's darkness around us, I've got to say, thank God for being alive in this season. Thank God for being alive for such a time as this because where darkness is abound... Much greater does his grace want to abound. Much more does his light want to shine. We need darkness for light to shine. And if you're looking around saying the world is a dark place, then it's an opportune time for you to realize that you are a minister with a specific purpose at a great time in this world to arise and shine. To rise and shine. In fact, the Bible says this in Ephesians 5. It says, be careful then how you live not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. You're a minister. You got a specific purpose. There's a calling on your life and you're alive at an opportune time. In fact, the book of Acts says this, and this is so Unique. The book of Acts says, From one man he created all nations that they would, or that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. So God only, not only created you at an opportune time, but you're where you are for a reason. Amen. Amen. Maybe your job just put you here. God knew that. Come on. Come on. God knows where you are. God knew what your life was gonna look like and he gave you everything you needed. He made you in the way that he made you so that the boundaries in which you have, the land in which you are, the time in which you're living, that you could arise and shine. Why? So that his glory would appear because it is his goal that none would perish, but all would have everlasting life. God wants nothing more than this whole earth to be saved. And so he created you and he had a mission for you. And he said, man, I hope if I put them there in that time and I give them this gift, they will arise and shine. Yeah. Why? So you can make an eternal difference. You're a minister with specific giftings at an opportunity time to do what? To make an eternal difference. See, not all differences or not all good deeds are the same. There are some good deeds that don't make a difference in eternity. But there are some deeds that you can do in Jesus' name that make a difference in eternity. See, I don't want to just do good deeds. I wanna do good things in Jesus' name so that it lasts forever, that it shows up in eternity. Here's what 1 Corinthians says this. If any man builds on this foundation using gold or silver or costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. So it'll be shown for what it is because the day, capital D, Judgment Day, will bring it to light. But if what he has built survives on that day, then the builder will receive a reward. There's good deeds that will not survive. But then there are deeds in the name of Jesus that you can do that those deeds will survive. And it's those things in which the Bible says you'll be rewarded for one day. Man, come on, Jesus, give me a bunch of rewards that my deeds are so good that I'm able to look up and say, bring it on. That's right. That's right. Am I the only one that thinks that way when I read that Bible? <laughs> Nobody wishes their mansion would be a little bit bigger. Come on, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, heaven crib. Uh, <laughs> and so my goal today is to redirect To redirect you to understand, I am not anything that is so special that is just my job to figure out how to be a light in this dark world. Mm -hmm. I'm no better than you. I've got nothing more special on me to do the work than you do. You're a minister. You're a minister. In fact, would you say this with me and you know, I'm not trying to do it to where it's said in like a cultish way, but <laughs> let's just quote it together. If they call us a quote cult, they call us a cult. Would you say this? Would you say, I am a minister, I am a minister. With, a with a specific purpose at an opportune time, at an opportune time. To, make an to make an eternal difference. Thank you for all those that joined with me in saying that you are a minister. But you might be thinking, and I got... Three minutes left, let me, just give me a second. How, how do I, how do, I do this? Okay, I'm a minister, the who? Show me how, because I don't even know where to begin. Well, number one, the how is found in your gifts and your passions. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that we all have different gifts. The man's gift is prophesying, then just let him prophesy. If it's serving, let them serve. If it's teaching, let them teach. If it's encouraging, then let them hold a sign out there and greet with an encouraging heart. If it's contributing to the needs of others, then let them give generously. If it's leadership, then let them govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let them do it cheerfully. See, all of you guys have been given a gift. All of you guys have been given passions. And here's what I would say as your pastor, man, I hope nothing more than this, that you would discover your gift and you just begin to use it. How do you become a minister? Figure out what lights you up. Figure out what you think God has given you. It's that thing that people probably say about you, like, you're so good at that, or you just have a great smile, or maybe you've, yeah. you know, you're real hospitable and you love putting things together. There's probably something that has been said about you over and over by people that are closest to you that you've recognized as a gift, or there's this passion in you that you can't go to sleep on, that when you're you know, awake at night, you're thinking about it. When you're daydreaming, you're thinking about it. There are gifts and passions in all of us. And it's one of the best ways to step into being a minister is to discover it and then begin to operate in it. Number two is this, that you would just realize that your everyday life, it can be used too. You might be thinking, well, I'm not a pastor and I don't have all this time to just, you know, sit around and, you know, I got a job, I got people, I got responsibilities. Hey, I want to encourage you to use your everyday life. Use your everyday life to be a minister. See, so often we can just spend life kind of wishing it away, wishing for it to be one thing. And when it changes to this thing, then I can make a difference. If only I was this, if only I could do this. I encourage you, get creative in your everyday life. Romans 12 says this, here's what I want you to do. God helping you, that's a good thing. God wants to help you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, Love how the message says it. You mentioned, "I just got an ordinary life. I'm just a blank. Yeah. I'm just a this. You're not just a that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not just one in a million. You're one of a kind." i Might be thinking, well, "I'm I, I'm just a business owner. I'm not a minister." No, sir. No, ma'am. You're a minister. Yeah. yeah. And you can you can lead that business with integrity. You can be kind to people and do things in a godly way where your light shines and your good deeds shine and people look at you and say, there's something different about him than my last boss. There's something different about this than the last place I worked. Well, I'm just a mom. Well, you're not just a mom. You're raising kids so that one day they won't depart. You are you're, you're you may be raising the next Billy Graham. You may be raising the next person that's going to sit and, and it's going to be rulers and kings and everything that's. Take, you know, advice and wisdom from that person. You're not just to anything. I'd be thinking, oh, it's just my everyday ordinary life. Would you use it? Would you use it? Would you place it before God? You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around. Just place it before God as an offering and say, I'm a minister. Here you go. Use it. Use it. You're a minister. I'm a pastor. I'm trying to equip you. Trying to encourage you. And the last is this if you're thinking, how? What's well, your pain? It's your pain. Anybody ever been through a little pain? We all have. Well, the Bible says this: it says, all praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father and source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort others. See, God has an agenda when he comforts you. It's to comfort you, because he knows that in doing so, it not only strengthens you, but it will strengthen others. See, God wants to take your pain and comfort you in it so that you can comfort others. And when others are troubled, You'll be able to give them the same comfort that God has given you. And so you may be thinking, well, I've been through a lot of pain. Don't discount yourself. But you don't know me. I've been through a divorce, you know, and my life was messed up. God can use that. But you don't know me. I was used to be addicted to drugs and alcohol and I don't really got a lot. God can use that, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. God wants to use you. You're a minister. Your pain has purpose. Your pain can make a difference in the lives of others. You may say, well, you don't know me. I was in prison and this happened and that happened. God can use that. Yeah fact, God could probably use that better than he could use me in some situations because you got some pain that God wants to use to comfort other people. God might want to take that hardest thing that you've ever been through that rocked your world. It was that infertility. It was that moment where somebody did something to you they shouldn't have done to you. Somebody said something they shouldn't have said, and it hurt, and you found comfort in God, and now God wants to use that to comfort others people. You're a minister. You're called to make a difference at a great time. You got a specific purpose. And so I want to say this, there's purpose in your pain. So how do I minister to people? Figure out what lights you up, discover your gift and use it take your ordinary everyday life that you think is just going to work eating sleep, sleeping and driving home and use it and take your pain that hurts you so bad that God used to heal moment to heal you and allow it to comfort other people and when you do so i promise you i promise you your light will shine how do we keep from hiding it under a bushel? We realize we're ministers. And so I leave you with this thought. We say this often that the local church is the hope of the world. Here's what I wanna to say today, that God through you, that's the hope of the world, God through you. Would you close your eyes, would you bow your heads? Maybe you're in here and you're thinking, you know what, I'm not a minister. I don't even know God. We came to a great place. Our goal today is for you to walk out of here knowing God. Knowing God. He moved heaven and earth to be in relationship with you. And the Bible says anyone that calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So I wanna give you an opportunity here in a second to just... If that's you, you're in here today and you're thinking, you know what, I, I need to get right with Jesus. I need to step into this. I, I've wondered, something's missing in my life. I've wondered what it is and now I know. God called me, created me, wants to use me. And today I wanna give him my whole life so I can step into that challenge. So if that's you today and you're like, you know what, I'm ready, I don't, uh, if I died tonight, I, I don't wanna wonder. No, I, I want to I wanna be secure that heaven will be my home. If that's you, you're in here and you would say, you know what, today I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I want to ask you with nobody looking around, can this just be a private moment? If that's you today and you're thinking, you know what, I, I need to give my life to God, that's me. I want to ask you just to slip up a hand. It's not for me, it's really for you. Putting a line in the sand, just saying, God, that's me. That's me. I'm giving my life to you. So if that's you, just on the count of three, one, two, three, would you just slip your hand up? If today you would say, you know what? Today, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Today, I'm making him my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Put your hands down. Father, we thank you so much. I thank you for the hand that was raised. If you raised your hand a second ago, would you pray this with me? Would you just say, Jesus, I give you all of me for all of you. I confess that I'm a sinner. And God, I receive your mercy and your grace. I receive the work that you did on the cross for me. And I ask that you would give me brand new life today. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Amen, Amen, everybody. Hey, do you receive today's word? You're a minister. You're a minister. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text L-C-L-O-U to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.